This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Define who God is. Amen. I mean, you know, the devil will come and say, well, you know, if you really had some faith, you wouldn't be going through this. Well, I think Paul had a little faith. What do you think? <laughs> he went through a few things, didn't he? You haven't been in prison yet, have you? <laughs> but, but, you know, I know how the enemy works. He wants to come and tell you. You know, he wants to, he wants to, he wants to beat you down. He wants to sow seeds of doubt in your mind, in your heart toward God and toward, because of your circumstances. Listen, don't allow doubt to stay. Amen? I'm telling you, doubt is a narcotic to your soul that you don't need. Mm. Amen? Well, we're talking about the unity of community. You know, Jesus prayed a powerful prayer, and we're going to start over there. Turn over to John 17. A powerful, powerful prayer for his body, his church. You know, and among other things that he prayed for here, what we're going to really emphasize is the unity he prayed for. He prayed to the Father that we might be one, just as as he and the Father is one. Now, I don't know about you, but that's that's kind of mind-boggling for me. Now, I know we can get all theological and say, well, you know, now we're, we're all in Christ and we're one in Him, and I understand that, and there's true. But, you know, there's a reality that has to be worked out in practicality. Because if we, we say we're one, but yet, you know, I'm mad at you, or you're mad at me, or she's got a grudge, or he's got a grudge, or this or that or the other, then, you know, even though uh, we can talk all day long about the theological aspects of it, it has its place. But, you know, the practical part has its place too. Amen? Because unless that is worked out in our lives and our relationships together, I'm going to tell you what, it will have no real impact in the here and now. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> John 17. We're just going to read a portion of this. Verse 20. Jesus is speaking. He said, he's praying to the Father. He said, my prayer is not for them alone, the 12 who were with him. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Well, that's us. That all of them may be one, Father. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, you know, we're a spirit-filled, full gospel church here. We believe in the miraculous. We believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We believe that, that not only does He forgive sins, not only does He make us a new creature in Christ Jesus, but He is a healer of our bodies. He's a deliverer from satanic oppression. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. But listen, this is also an amazing sign that he talks about here. He said, this is how they, the world is going to know 
that, that you are my disciples. Why? Because of the unity. Because we have love one for another. That is where the first sign ought to be in the church. You know, Paul talked about it over there when he talked in Corinthians. He said, if people come in and, they, you know, they hear you speaking in tongues or, or something else, uh, manifestation of the Spirit comes, he said, they're going to have all kind of issues. But you know what the world won't have an issue with? When we're one. When we're one, like Jesus prayed for. Amen. He said, that the world may believe that you have sent me. Listen. You know, we have the United Nations, we have all kind of treaties and covenants and all kind of things uh, politically and, 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 and other ways, governmentally and institutionally. And, you know, many of them are geared at trying to somehow get us all to be on the same page. How's that working? <laughs> Yeah, the reason being is because we're using uh, tools that are based on man's wisdom. Now, thank God for the benefit they do, but listen, let's don't be misguided and think that somehow some person, some man outside of the man Christ Jesus is going to be able to bring unity to anyone. Come on. He said, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Wow. Talk about a greater work Jesus talked about. Wouldn't that be something to see a church, the body of Christ, brought into complete unity? I'm telling you, that, that would be a sign and a wonder, wouldn't it? Especially to the world. Because, you know, they don't think that's possible. Without, you know, we've got to pass all this legislation. We've got to force people to do it. What about if from the heart, from the heart, a transformed heart in man, regardless of your background, your, your race, your creed, your color, we all need a change. <laughs> Amen. If there's going to be unity. He said, notice, then he said, then the world will know. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Wow. So here's the thing. There is a heavenly pattern that Jesus has set forth here in his prayer in John 17. This heavenly prayer has to do with three things. Unity in purpose unity and purpose what is our purpose well what love god love others you say pastor that's so simple i know it's so simple we haven't mastered it yet why because we need to allow the holy spirit the love of god we've looked at this has been shed abroad in our hearts by the holy spirit but we need to learn to live from the new man on the inside. So much of the effort in the wisdom of man to try to somehow bring unity to mankind, it still is focusing on the externals. Amen? You know, we're all different backgrounds, different colors, different races, 
Amen? None of us chose who we were born into this world, but we can make a choice as believers that we're going to allow the love of God to rule and reign in our hearts toward our brothers and sisters. That's the starting place. And then, not only toward our brothers and sisters, but to those who are out in the world. So unity and purpose. What is our purpose? What is our purpose? Well, you know, I want everybody to know just how spiritual I am. Well, don't hang around them too long. (laughs) Come on. You know, on Sunday, we got our Sunday best on. And I'm not just talking about clothes. I'm talking about our manners. Come on. We're all on our watching our P's and Q's. We're all, but you know what? When you're around me on a regular basis, see, this is what's the beauty of community. Community helps me to grow in this love. Amen? Because, listen, if I don't ever get, get around anybody that, that, you know, they do me wrong and I have to forgive, what do I know about the love of God? What do I know about that? If I never get around anybody who might not quite have it all together yet, how do I know how to be patient, persevere, long-suffering, and kind? That's what community's about. It's a bunch of us that have been made new in Christ Jesus, but we're not perfected yet. And as we come together, we all bring something that, that is good and something that needs to be worked on. And you know what? My blind spots are seen better by you than they are by me. You know, I've told you this before. When I'm by myself, I'm the greatest Christian in the world. (laughs) Woo, man, I'm telling you, I'm great. I got all faith. (laughs) I can, man, I can just do, you know, and the, you know, if you ever thought about the reason is, is because it's just me and God. And the reason it seems so good is because God is love. So he's patient with me, he's kind toward me, he's gentle toward me, he's working in me, he's forgiving toward me. Boy, it's easy to get along with somebody like that, isn't it? And that's what he said, that's who we should be. That's God's plan for us individually, and it works out in community. So first is unity and purpose, harmony and actions. Harmony and actions. You know... You know why there's so many churches in the city of Montgomery? Because we love each other so much. What did you say? <laughs> because we love each other so much, right? Love, 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 love. <laughs> I, I listen, you know, in 40-something years, I've never heard of a church split because somebody loved each other too much. Amen. Come on. It's our flesh. It's it's because we haven't valued community as we ought to. There ought to be harmony in our actions. Amen? Anybody in here besides me been forgiven a lot? You know, I told you my testimony, man. I tell you, God didn't get any. He didn't get anything good when he got me. Man, I come out of the... The hippie movement and the drug culture and all that kind of stuff, way back yonder. <laughs> and in Jesus' movement. 
So, you know, so he may have got something wonderful with you, but he ain't that great with me. But as we come together, see, we have harmony in our actions. Jesus said, if you've been forgiven much, then you should love much. Isn't that what he said? Those that have been forgiven much. Now, see, you know, I know, you know, Mr. Super Spiritual, you know, you did God a favor. So, you know, you don't have to love that much. But I'm going to tell you, we who have been forgiven much, harmony in our actions. Listen, let's be forgiving toward one another. Let's be patient toward one another. Anybody in here perfected yet? So let's be kind toward one another. There's a harmony. How does that unity come? We walk in love. We walk in love. If we start trying to walk according to our knowledge, that's, that's going to cause all kind of fractions. Amen? Because everybody's at a different place in their spiritual growth and their understanding about spiritual things. Man, I'm telling you what. I, 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 the more I learn, the more I see I don't know. Amen? Thank God for what we do know. But you know what? Love is what evens it all out. Because it, it doesn't matter if you've not even saved or just got saved or you, you've been a great saint for 50 years. Love evens everything out, doesn't it? Amen. We love. There's harmony in our actions. We, we're kind toward one another. We have to learn how to do that. Come on. Listen, our flesh is selfish. It wants what it wants when it wants it. Isn't that true? Paul said we have to learn to crucify the flesh. The best way I know to do that, what, is to walk in love. Because Jesus said if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself, he said you fulfilled it all. See, love will, love will help you not get caught up in legalism. Amen. You know, I said before, and I'll say it again, it takes no special credentials to be a critic. Amen. You don't need a, you don't need a college degree. You don't need a Ph.D. Amen. You just got to have a wrong attitude. Harmony in its action, love in its motivation. This is the heavenly pattern that Jesus has prayed about. And, of course, it's the pattern that we see in the Godhead, isn't it? Jesus said, Father, just as you've loved me. That, that's, that's hard to comprehend that God could love me like he loves Jesus. But he does. And he said that we are to reflect that same love toward our brothers and sisters. Don't wait for people to get perfect before you love. Amen. You're going to be in heaven before you do that. Start loving now. Amen. You know, it's about connecting the dots. Anybody growing up as a kid, I don't even know if they still do it. Remember those pictures where they had the dots? You, you turn to a page and it had all these random dots on it, you know. And you look at that and it just like... That doesn't make any sense. It's just got a bunch of random dots here. But, you know, each one of those dots had a number assigned to it, didn't it? And so when you, you begin to go from 1 to 2 and 2 to 3 and 3 to 4 and 4 to 5, so you know, by the time you got to the end, then you, it became clear and you went, Aha, uh -huh, so that's what it is. It's a boy with his puppy dog. 
It's just like a bunch of random dots. And you know, too often in Christ's church, we're like a bunch of random dots. We're all here. But, you know, when the world looks at it, it's just like a bunch of random dots. It doesn't make any sense. There's no clear picture. They, do, they, they don't see Jesus clearly. There's a bunch of random dots, and they're all hollering different things. <laughs> so we need to be able to connect the dots, and that's what community is about. It helps us to begin to relate properly to one another the Holy Spirit, the architect of community, begins to connect the dots, and all of a sudden, a clear picture of who Jesus really is begins to be seen and demonstrated. Amen? Look over in Ephesians 4. Now, I can remember as a kid, you know, kids are, you know, you start connecting the dots, and almost every time, somehow, I'd forget one or two. And boy, it skewed the picture. You know, maybe the boy's arm was too short, or the dog's tail was missing, or... And you know, that's what happens when only a few of the dots are connected in community. We, we, we project a, a partial image of Jesus through the church. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> four, Ephesians 4. Let's, I'm going to read one verse, 16. He said, from him, Jesus Christ, the whole body. Everybody say the whole body. Does that include you? Okay. Joined and held together. Now, we're going to find out what holds it together. By every supporting ligament, that's us, grows and builds itself up in as, this clause is very important, as each part does its work. Connecting the dots. Well, what if some are missing? How are we going to grow up? How are we going to grow up? How are we going to fulfill God's plan and purpose if some are missing? Come on. See, again, see, in this Western culture, we're so individually, individualistic-minded, and that has its good points. But the part when it comes to community sometimes, we think, you know, I don't need anybody. I, I can remember people saying this when I came into the church. I don't need anybody but me and Jesus. I never have found a verse where they can quote me a verse where they... That's true, because he just said, we all need each other. If we're going to grow up, each part has to connect to the other parts. We've got to connect the dots. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to, to place us in community. But you know what? If you don't want to be in community, He won't make you be in community. You can go off by your little old self over there thinking that you're the only one that's got insight, got revelation, that you're so much more spiritual than everyone else of us that you don't need anybody else. You know, uh, most time now I grill by gas. I have 
propane. But when I first started grilling, I, I used, uh, you know, charcoal a lot. You know, you know, when you start that charcoal, you know, you pile it all up and you put the starter on it. And then you, you light it and you let it set there together burning for a while, don't you? Because the heat from each one helps to what? Create the fire in each one. But you all, you know, every time I grilled, always some incidental one or two would get somehow separated from the rest, and it wouldn't be long. By the time you, you got into the grilling, you could see their fire had already gone out. And that's what happens when we become separated. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to separate you. He'll separate you through pride. Or he'll separate you through condemnation. Well, I just, you know, I'm no good. I, I just, you know, uh, I just don't deserve to, you know, I don't want to come to church because I'm, you know, pastor, I'm just not living like I ought to. Well, my goodness, this is where you need to be. Jesus said, he said, I didn't come for those who were well and whole. He said, he said I've come for those who are sick and needy. Amen. And we need to remember that. Even after you've grown up and become strong, you know what? You're strong so that, you know what? God can work through you to those who are weak. But if you're off by yourself, enjoying your spirituality all by yourself, what benefit are you to them? Connecting the dots. Connecting the dots. We are revealing the true Jesus to the world through community. We're talking about the power of community. Jesus said... When we become one, he said, then the world's going to know. He said, then the world's going to know that you sent me. Then when we get up and we witness or when we preach the gospel or we teach the gospel, it's going to have an impact because people are going to say, you know what? That has to be God. That has to be God. Because no nation, no political, no government uh, institution or, or type of government has been able to produce unity. Now, there's the unity of the dictator. You know, but that's not unity. That's not real unity. That's slavery. Unity is when from the heart, from the love of God, we're brought together. And you don't have to be just like me. And you don't have to have it all together. And you don't have to be perfect yet. We love you. We say, come on in to the family of God. Come on in to Passion Church. God is working on us. He'll work on you. And together, together, we're going to be better. And we're going to present a true picture of Jesus to those around us. Amen. You know, community, the power of community, it releases the full anointing of Christ to the world. Now, the Scriptures tell us that Jesus, because who He was, the unique Son of God, He had the Spirit without measure. So that implies that you and I have the Spirit individually. We have the Spirit by measure. Because if you had all the Spirit there was, I couldn't have any. So, so we, it's inferred that collectively his body has 
a similar anointing that Jesus had when he was here on the earth. Amen? The Bible says, He who called us and anointed us is God. Every believer has a measure of anointing. Every part is anointed. Look in Romans 12. This is, you got to get this really in your spirit. You say, but, but pastor, you just don't know. You don't know what I'm dealing with and the things I haven't gotten straightened out in my life and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, listen, you know, I found out a long time ago, you can keep an inventory of everything that's wrong in your life or you can keep a, an expectation of all that God has said He will do in your life. Man, I'm telling you, the devil's a good one about keeping an inventory for you. Let's see, you know, this, this, you know, I have to go to an extra legal pad if I listen to him. But listen, I don't listen to him. I listen to what God's Word says, the Holy Spirit says. And listen, the amazing thing is, is that God uses imperfect people. I hope that's not a surprise to you, but I just thought I'd say it anyway. Amen? He uses imperfect people. You look here in, in the Bible. I mean, the Apostle Paul, great man of God that he was, caught up into the third heaven. Man, him and Barnabas got so mad they had a split. <laughs> I mean, that's the team God put together. Acts 13, separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work I've called them to. They got so mad they just went their separate ways. God uses imperfect people. And each one of us is anointed. Romans 12, verse 3. He said, by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Every one of us have been given a measure of faith. A measure of faith. Listen, you don't have a discount faith. Well, the pastor's got this faith, and then the apostle must have this faith, and the prophet must have this faith, and I got this faith. I got the bargain basement faith. No, you got a measure of faith. It's God's faith. It came from the heart of God. It came from the love of God. It came by the grace of God. He put it in you at the new birth. It is His faith, and it will work. For just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, you know, everything can be working right in your body, but if your lungs don't work, I mean, you can go hurrah all day about what is working, but... That's true. They don't all have the fun same function. So in Christ, we are many, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. Hello. Don't be going on your little old self-righteous uh, me and Jesus kick. He says, you belong to me. You belong to us. We belong to one another. 
You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. If God puts you in a community somewhere, then you owe something to that community. You know what you owe them? You owe them to love them first. Ain't that right? And I promise you, if you love them, there's going to be a whole lot that follows that. He said, each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And then he talks about some of the gifts there. But what I want you to see is every part is is anointed, and every anointing releases a measure of grace and power. Every gift releases a measure of grace and power. Amen? You know, the other day I got in my uh, SUV and I went to crank it, and it was you know, the battery. So I took it out and had them check it, you know, and they checked it. And, you know, and it, it wasn't way low, but it was just low enough to where what? It wouldn't crank. It wouldn't start the motor. It wouldn't start the motor. But you know, they could put it on a charge and charge that thing up. And just, just a couple of more volts made all the difference in the world on the cranking power. And here's the thing. You may be thinking, well, my gift is not that big of a deal. Well, it must be. God put it in the body. Is your lung that big of a deal? Is your liver that big of a deal? <laughs> Is your kidneys that big of a deal? What, what is it? If, if God put it in the body, it has a purpose, doesn't it? It has something as it works in conjunction with the others that performs a vital, necessary function for my body to be able to live and perform in a healthy manner. The same thing is true with Christ's community, Christ's body. Each one of us have been given a measure of faith. Each one of us have been given a gift of God that has an anointing that comes with it. Maybe the reason that passion's not taking off is the cranking power's a little low. Just a couple of volts. Because, you know, maybe you've bought into that thing where, you know, the... The devil's told you, well, you know, that ain't going to miss you. You what? I mean, you ain't got nothing to offer. What? I mean, you're going to teach the kids. Whoop-dee. You're going to come and usher and pass a bucket. Whoop-dee. Come on, or whatever it might be. Or you might not even made a step yet. He's got you right there in the seat telling you, yeah, what you got don't matter. What you can do don't matter. Your prayers really don't matter that much. When they have corporate prayer, it don't matter. You don't know how to pray anyway. You know how to, hey, am I do you know how the devil is? Maybe he's just always over at my house. But, you know, he'll tell you all that stuff. And see, when you hear that, that ought to be a red flag for you. If the devil says you can't, you know you can. If the devil says you shouldn't, you know you should. You know what I'm talking about. 
God says you can. Listen, each flow combines to form the fullness of Christ's anointing. I've shared this example with you before. I'll share it again. You know, uh, when we were on the mission field and South America flew over the Amazon many times, different times, going over it. And especially at the mouth of the river, it's about a mile wide. But even, even you know, interior, it's, it's a mighty, mighty river, one of the largest in the world. But you know, what makes that such a mighty river is that you've got all these many hundreds of tributaries feeding into it. They're feeding into it. They're feeding into it constantly. And see, we look at that and say, wow, look, isn't that a mighty river? Yeah, but I want to tell you what. Let something happen to the tributaries. Let the tributary dry up. Let the tributaries get stopped up. And I'm going to tell you that mighty Amazon is going to shrink, 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 shrink. And the same thing is true in the body of Christ. As they're talking about the power of community, as all of us, we, we combine. All of us, listen, none of us are the Amazon. Jesus is the Amazon, but we are tributaries. Each one of us, Jesus said, out of your innermost being, rivers of living water will flow. Well, listen, where are they flowing to? Is it just a reservoir for you and that's it? Or is it meant to be something larger, something grander, something more uh, impactful for the kingdom of God? Each of us is a tributary. But, you know, we flow together and create something larger. Amen. Look in Psalm 133. We're going to close here in just a moment. Psalm 133. David is writing, he said, How good and how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. He said it's like the precious oil, the anointing oil, poured on the head running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down the collar and down his robe. You know, in the Old Testament, when they anointed someone, a king or high priest, you know, it's not like we do here where we get our little anointing bottle out and go, that's not the way they did it. They, they took, they had, a, had a, a horn from a ram, or some, you know, something like that. And they filled that ram up with the anointing oil. And when they found the, the right person, they poured the whole thing over them. It ran down their face, their arms, their chest, all the way down past their feet. Signifying what? That every part is anointed. Every part is anointed. Every part should work together in the unity of community. And when we do that, we're going to see great things happen. You want to see miracles happen? I want to tell you what. You, you let the unity of the Spirit begin to prevail in Passion Church. You're going to see the miracles. You're going to see the harvest. You're going to see people set free. But you know what? We can play around with it from now until Jesus comes or we die. What are we going to do? Well, we just need to pray harder. 
Well, I believe in prayer. We just need to get our faith up higher. Well, I believe in faith. We just, I mean, we just need to get in there and go, no. You know what we need to do? We need to grow in love and grow in community and not fall for the lies of the enemy that tell us that we do not matter. That is a slap in the face of Jesus who died for you. You're going to tell me he died for something that didn't matter. Let me give you some action points here as we get ready to close. Have you ever thought your part is too small to matter? I have in times past. I've, I've thought that before in my Christian walk until I learned better. But it's real easy to do that. I mean, I was aware of, you know, all my shortcomings. Still am. All the faults. All those kinds of things. You know, but... but that can hold you back because you've got some idea that, you know, when I get, you know, to a certain place, then I'm going to do it. You start where you are. You start where you are. I know that, you know, that's a deep logic, isn't it? Have you ever thought your part's too small to matter? Listen, you matter to God. You matter to His body, and you matter to the community of Passion Church. We need one another. We need everyone. Amen? <laughs> I, mean, I said, you know, not seriously, but I told people, I mean, which one of your fingers would you mind getting cut off? Inactivity of any part weakens the, the effectiveness of the church. Inactivity. That's probably the biggest hindrance in the body of Christ is we have so many people who want, only want to receive, but they don't want to give. I'm not talking about money. Money's probably the easiest thing there is to give. Come on. But you give yourself. You give your time. You give your energy. You give your talents. You give your efforts. And then you find out real quick, inactivity, you know. And it's the biggest reason why so many are overworked in the body of Christ. Boy, it's awful quiet in here. But if I was talking about how God was going to bless you, you'd be shouting. And then finally, may I suggest that you ask God to reveal, where do you fit in Passion Community? Or if you're visiting wherever, God may direct you. But where do you fit? Somewhere, God's got a place for you. There are, no unu there are to be no unused members. God didn't call us to go on extended vacation in our Christian life. You know, sabbaticals are good, but, you know, some people want to be on sabbatical for 50 weeks and work for two weeks. Everyone has a part. Your part matters. Your part matters. Think about that for a moment. Your part matters. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? Father, I know that you've raised up Passion Church, but Lord, there's so much more that you want to do in us and through us. Lord, it's not an ego trip we're on. It's not a pride thing we're on. We just... We just want to be who you've called us to be and do what you've called us to do to, to, to make Jesus known 
to present a real picture of who He is in His grace, in His love, in His power. But Father, two or three of us will never make it happen. It will take the community of believers and the unity of those believers here at Passion Church to make it happen. So Father, I pray that you would reveal to everyone, both here and those who are watching online who are part of Passion Church, God, I pray that you would reveal their place and their part. God, I thank you that we will be doers of the word and not just hearers only. And I pray this in the name of your son Jesus who prayed that we might be one even as you are one, Father, with him. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.